You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Now, let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be hearing all about the behind the scenes of the work of CGI's virtual reality and augmented reality. And I'm super, super excited to welcome on the program Alex Sati, who is a 3D artist and also the founder of Digital Dogs Studios. Uh, welcome to the program, Alex. It's great to speak to you today. Well, thank you very much for having me on here, Noreen. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And please, uh, I really urge our listeners uh, to to join us on Facebook Live. We are streaming this entire interview on Facebook Live right now. So do join us on Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So if you have any questions uh, for Alex, because I won't be able to answer any of them, but Alex will be able to, uh, about anything about the industry, then feel free to pop your comments down and I'll read them out. Um, so, Alex, before we talk about sort of... Um, augmented reality and virtual reality. What is the work of a 3D artist? What is it that you do? Well, um, a 3D artist is essentially a uh, graphic designer that specializes in uh, generating, uh, it's going to sound a bit complicated, but 3D imagery uh, using certain software. So basically we'll use software to create any kind of shape or build an environment or build a character and then with the use of animation, uh, bring those shapes or characters or, or environments to life. Um, so that's essentially a 3D artist. So we, we create uh, a world or create worlds. That's amazing. And, and how real are those worlds? Are they to, to, to be designed to mimic reality, really? Um, well, so you can, I mean, there's a whole different uh, sort of plethora of different kinds of worlds that could be created. You can have very stylized uh, worlds which are sort of very cartoony, uh, or you can get all the way to sort of photorealistic, especially today with today's technology, it's becoming uh, more accessible to create uh, almost photoreal uh, environments and photoreal worlds. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen sort of these uh, deep fakes or, or even in Hollywood movies these days, you can almost, it's very difficult to tell the difference between what is real and what is CG these days. Can you tell? I mean, being being a three D artist, can you tell if something is sort of photorealism? I, I, like, or... I like to say I can, but sometimes it's very difficult. I mean, that's actually one of the uh, the incredible things um, is that there's a lot more. Um, if you ever watch uh, movie breakdowns, or or if, if you go on YouTube and you search for a movie and then breakdown afterwards, a VFX breakdown, you'll realize that actually there's so much of a movie or a TV show that is green screen or blue screen. And uh, and it's actually like half of it isn't actually really there in real life. That's right. Well, I don't know if people are sort of watching on Facebook, but I'm I'm sort of on a green screen right now uh, with Broadcasting House. Of <laughs> oh, course, I'm. I had I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even show you what the real the real room looked like. It looks like something from a horror film or a hostage video or something. <laughs> so I'll just leave it at that. So, I mean, um, can you give us some examples of where we see 3D arts uh, these days? You, of course, in, in movies, but what else is it sort of yeah. used for? So, yeah. So like you said, I think most people, when they think of 3D art, they immediately jump to uh, computer games or animated movies or TV shows. Uh, those are the ones that people know and love, uh, but actually it's pretty much everywhere these days. If you're walking down the street, um, you'll see uh, just in all advertising and marketing, uh, in billboards, uh, every time you see a floating product in a TV advert, that's 
almost definitely going to be a 3D uh, model, which uh, a team of artists actually created and then lit in a 3D environment and then rendered out. So, but it, it, a lot of people, I think, would be very shocked when, if they were to realize how much 3D is, is actually in their everyday lives, just walking down the street. Um, it's pretty much everywhere these days. So even if I was to go to a shopping mall or something and I see decorations and, 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 and sure. advertisements, yeah. those are all sort of 3D rendered. All the, all the little uh, banners or uh, posters that you see. Um, I mean, surely and some of it would be real photography, but I would say maybe somewhere between uh, 80, maybe around 80% of, of it would actually be all 3D art, which has been sort of rendered out. Actually, you're, you're not far off. I was doing some reading over the weekend because, you know, I was speaking to you, the experts. So I wanted to really, and I was shocked to find out that 75% of the IKEA Whoa. catalog is actually, <laughs> this is the IKEA catalog. I thought people could just go there and that's reality. That's but it's, <laughs> so I suppose it's, it's more prevalent than, than we give it credit for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, actually, IKEA is a great example because they, they've even generated, they've created a, the IKEA. I don't know if you've ever tried it, the IKEA AR app, where you can uh, literally, uh, they've, they've built 3D models for every single one of their items. And on their IKEA AR app, you can place uh, those different items in your living room wow. to see how they would fit, fit. and then uh, um, and then see how it would look in your at your in your home, which is which is such a great idea. And then you can even go through pretty much the whole catalog on their on their app. Yeah, uh, it's very clever. So, what happened to sort of traditional photography? When did you? I mean, I know you previously you've worked in agencies before. When did you sort of see that shift, where clients preferred three uh, D arts over? Um, at, you know, real, real photos or real well, um, arrangements. I think I think it's been a general thing over over time because um, when if you build something in three D, it's you can get it completely almost uh, just so perfect. You know, you can have all the lighting exactly how you want it, and you can finally tweak it and tune it uh, so that a client can literally sit down with a designer. And uh, and then have it exactly how they want it, as opposed to if you were to do it with uh, with a photo shoot, you are kind of limited to them uh, not being able to revert revert back. You know, you'd have to redo the shoot. Um, so doing it in three D, it just gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, so as a client, you have a lot more options even later down the uh, the chain of production. Uh, but I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I think traditional photography still holds a, a, a great place. And actually, a lot of those skill sets as a photographer are understanding lighting and composition and all those sort of that knowledge is, is still used today in 3D. Um, as a 3D artist, you have to really understand uh, how lighting works and how it would uh, bring uh, certain emotions out with your products and with your shoot. Um, so it's still all those skills are still being used today. Yeah, amazing. How did you fall into this sort of industry then? Um, so it's a it's an interesting one. I I uh, always loved uh, computer games. Uh, to, when I, as a young kid, I, I was I was of a generation where uh, I think the internet was just sort of kicking off and got really sucked into computer games. And I wanted everything to do with computers. I really loved. So I ended up going into a degree in computer science, uh, which actually there's not too much of an overlap with what I do right now, but it's it's more. Um, 
it became sort of my passion, you know. Um, so I started working at a, a company called Jack Morton, who and they create events um, in uh, all around the world. And uh, while working there, I saw uh, they had a creative team, and the creative team they actually had a team of people who would render the events in 3D before the events actually happened. So the clients would be able to see their event in all its glory uh, well before the event actually happened. And I thought to myself, that's incredible. That's so you know, cool. I, I, I thought it was incredible. So I really wanted to join that team. And, uh, and so I spent uh, so what all my the client time. See? What did the client see? They saw how the, the layout and how, explain, describe it to that, us a little bit. So it's, 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 for them, it's uh, capturing that sort of emotion when people walk into an event, you know, that entrance or that big moment uh, during a performance. Um, we would render out many different key sort of uh, angles or moments that would happen during the event or the layout of tables um, so that they have this overall uh, feel and mood of the lighting and everything uh, that would happen during the event. Sometimes we'd even create uh, fly-throughs so you would uh, have a, a sort of a 3D camera moving through uh, the entire event so people can have a real idea of, of, of everything in there. Um, but um, but I, I thought it was just incredible. So I, I spent most of my free time trying to learn these skills and, and join that team. And it's amazing what you can do these days uh, looking on the internet. Uh, I pretty much self-taught myself uh, a lot of these skills. So uh, YouTube is an incredible resource. Um, there's other sites like Skillshare or there's another one called Pluralsight. It used to be called Digital Tutors, but it's now Pluralsight. And, and these are all incredible sites uh, to, to build up your skill set. And essentially, that's as, an, as a 3D artist, that's what you really want to do is you just keep on trying to uh, build up that skill set. And because you're getting thrown uh, different challenges, every single day and you're trying to figure out how to overcome those challenges you, be you become a problem solver yeah. essentially somebody will you got to figure out how to make this explosion or or create that character or make this wall disintegrate and you, you you're just constantly trying to solve different kinds of problems with these tools that you have around you um and it's 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 a i would say it's quite a addictive thing like it, it becomes outside of my job it became uh, my hobby, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, uh, it, it really is your passion. And, and I think after, um, and it, it's, it's such an easy thing to fall in love with because it's so creative. And, and one of the things, actually, I'm really happy to be here today talking to you about it because growing up, I had no idea that this industry existed, but this was actually a, a career path to become, uh, a 3D artist. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's just, it's just awesome, you know, like you're constantly being uh, a problem solver and doing things in very creative ways. It's really great. This is remarkable. I'm sure our listeners can feel that passion and, and the enthusiasm. <laughs> it's, it's really refreshing. I mean, how many of us really love our job so much that your job also is your hobby and that you, you spend your mm. free time pursuing and, and taking your craft to another level? I, I think um, I'm sure this is a, a, a journey that's, um, that, that you've you know, carved out for yourself, and I can totally hear the passion, Alex. Um, you know, Hong Kong is full of gamers. Um, would you say that this is also quite a big community? Um, you know, three D artistry is it quite a big community here in Hong Kong? Can you lean yeah. in uh, for, for for support, or is there quite an online presence? Because it sounds like it's quite a niche 
um, industry? It's something that you sort of fell into and, and you're constantly uh, upgrading your craft. Yeah, I think in, in Hong Kong, um, there, there are, um, there is a community of artists here. Um, I would say that there are, for example, like if Singapore, for example, uh, they have uh, a lot of very amazing big studios over there and a lot of schools that are geared towards design. Uh, in Hong Kong, we still, we also do. Unfortunately, recently SCAD closed down. That was a great school um, for design. Um, but we still have uh, Hong Kong DI with Design Institute, which is fantastic. Right. Uh, Polly Yu has some great courses as well. Uh, so I think there is there is a good community here um, as a game sort of design. Uh, there, there, there are many different sort of clubs and things that I've been to where you can go and uh, and actually speak with other uh, sort of game uh, developers and people like this. Uh, who, so like there a gamer are, club? Or game developers. Oh, so, game. so yeah. <laughs> so you can go to them and, they, and people will openly showcase the, the different projects that they're working on. And so it's a good place to, to, to talk to communities um, and figure out how to overcome problems, let's say, if you, if you can figure it out yourself. Uh, for me, for example, I, I actually um, am doing a course right now, um, learning. I'm, I'm always learning, trying to learn different programs. And one of the courses I'm doing is, is for a program called Nuke. Uh, which is uh, an amazing compositing program. Um, but um, it's a huge online presence. It was actually a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so I went on there and I'm basically talking with people all over the world um, who are doing this course. And I believe the, the course is actually, the, the, the teacher is in London right now. So even if the course is, you feel like there's nowhere to learn these things in Hong Kong, you can. I mean, the, the internet is this incredible place um, to, to learn these things. Actually, and, and Hong Kong DI is incredible. I went there uh, not so long ago and they had so many amazing toys and new technology. I, I, I actually think uh, taking a course there would be incredible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think there, there is definitely uh, people to talk to and, uh, and forums and online uh, places that you can learn. And if you ever have any questions, the community is very strong and very welcoming and open. Um, and actually, one of the places that I get the most um, sort of inspiration from are that if you go on Pinterest or ArtStation or even uh, Behance is another one, you look on, the, on these sites and you can see other artists' work and you can comment on them and, uh, and just seeing how incredible pieces of work that people are doing it, it inspires you you know and those are great communities as well where you can put your work and people can review each other and tell each other how uh you know great they are or if they feel like they can be uh done in a different way or or get uh, productive feedback you know it's i think it's the community is is stronger now than it's ever been yeah. Um, Alex, let's talk a little bit more about uh, how the pandemic has perhaps affected the work of a 3D artist. I mean, it sounds like mm -hmm. you can work pretty much anywhere. You don't have a particular office you need to be at. But in terms of work, how has it affected um, this industry? Well, so um, there's uh, for me. So actually, the industry as a whole, um, I know that a lot of the big studios, uh, what they did is they actually moved all their, uh, their artists' computers to home. Uh, so like Industrial Light and Magic and, uh, and a lot of these other big studios. And, but of course, like, so those are for the big Hollywood movies. So they then have to be very careful because everybody wants to see 
snippets or leaks of these movies so they have to oh, be very yeah. very careful of security you know so so all of those artists have a very secure line of their computers which have been taken to their homes and that there are most of those uh those big studios are now all the artists are working from home for me uh personally because i'm i'm running a small studio here in hong kong um i've been been quite lucky i think in all this horribleness that is the pandemic that i can w- work remotely from home as well um, and I've been finding that a lot of my uh, clients, I mean, clients now need digital content more now than ever before because they still need to get their messages out and they still need to get um, their stories across. Um, so uh, a lot, I've been getting a lot of uh, clients asking for different kinds of videos. And actually, one thing that's been very interesting recently is a lot of people have been asking for uh, virtual training and virtual events. So to, to train their employees how to sort of interact in this new world that is the pandemic. Um, so that's been quite interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically been creating sort of virtual training experiences. Tell us about those. How does that work? So they'll go into a so, virtual chat room or something and speak to the, to the employers. How does it work? So, so because we can't actually film... Uh, anybody these days, um, or you can't have big groups of people together. Um, what we would do is we would uh, film individual actors on a green screen and then also film environments uh, using a 360 camera or build those environments in full, full CG. And then you can composite uh, the uh, those people into those 360 environments and basically create a sort of a training simulations um and so think of i don't know if you've seen the the netflix uh bandersnatch which is like a choose your own adventure uh sort of thing so basically what would happen is uh, you can either go on to this training on your mobile phone or on the on a on a computer screen or even on a vr headset and you would be greeted with a multiple choice um what do you do in this situation <laughs> wow. sort of thing you know yeah, so, and, and all the actors are basically, they're not actually in those environments. They were composited in because they, they all had to be filmed individually on green screens to be, you know, be careful because of the virus. Um, so, so there have been hurdles, uh, trying to figure out how to, to create or film things without actually having too many people in the same place. Um, and definitely big productions, uh, are completely paused right now. Anything that requires, uh, more than just a handful of people to be in the same place is being put on hold or scrapped altogether. So actually, a lot of a lot of the work which I've been doing um, has been uh, sort of like, for example, I was going to be doing a shoot in Macau recently, but instead of actually going there and filming because that's impossible now, I had to make the whole video in CG. So so instead of actually filming what would have been quite a simple sequence of, of video clips. Um, it all had to, I had to rebuild the whole environment, which included a casino and everything in 3D. Um, and then that, that was used for a promotional video. So currently uh, working on a promo video for a uh, cyberpunk themed uh, zipline experience in Macau, which is quite exciting. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been it's been very interesting. Wow. Just I'll... different different ch- sort of challenges that you have to overcome because of the limitations that we're facing right now. 
it seems like this world is greater than than we thought. I mean, literally, the, the, there are no ends with the the uh, virtual reality and CGI, and um, you know, there's so much we still haven't covered uh, in this interview, Alex. Um, I look forward to having you back on next time. Can you remind our listeners oh. if they want to find out a little bit more about your work? Uh, have you got a Facebook page or website that people can uh, find you? Um, so I work. So my company is called Digital Dog Studios. Um, so the website is uh, www.digitaldogsplural.studios, also plural, dot com. So you can go check it out there and you can see some of the cool work. Um, or if you ever want to reach out, uh, you can search for Digital Dog Studios on my Facebook or Instagram. Ping me a message anytime. I'm happy to answer any questions. Yeah, well, we've got some comments on Facebook as well. Um, Ali Howe says, woohoo! And um, Andrew says, Alex looks almost 3D. How did he do that? Well, we'll have to invite <laughs> Alex back on next time. But by the way, you've got something hanging uh, the, the, just behind you. What's that? Oh, yes. So I was, I was meaning, oh, I was meaning to, to tell you about this before. So I'm actually wearing a motion capture suit right now. Um, so if you, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a little demonstration yeah, very quickly. Please. Um, so this is, uh, can you see my screen? Yes. So let me just do a little, I got to <gasps> do a you. little configuration. That's so you. So this is actually me right now. Hello. Wow. <laughs> okay. So you've worn this, what's this called? This motion capture suit and then yeah, so, you're moving. So it's just copying you and it's, and it's you. This is actually me right now, and I'm going to do a push-up. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Okay. So we use the we use the suit for uh, driving uh, animation. So we would, it's, as as the name suggests, it's a motion capture suit. Um, so it uh, records and captures people's motion, and then you can retarget that onto any character that you create. So so we used it recently on the on the. Uh, Zipline Cyberpunk uh, project to drive the animation of an AI robot character. That is uh, so cool. Alex, we've got yeah. to revisit this topic again. There's still so much that we need to scratch the surface of. Um, I'll, I look forward to having you back on next time. Keep that suit on for next time again. And, uh, okay. <laughs> we will we'll revisit this. I'll thank take you. it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. And that's uh, Alex Sati, uh, the founder of Digital Dog Studios and also a 3D artist. And uh, he'll be back again next time uh, to perhaps talk a little bit more about uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. The, the list goes on. Um, thank you very much indeed for your time today.